the Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at Degrassi, the Next Generation mini-episodes. We're going to call this a little mini-episode archives. <laughs> there are 90 of them. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a bit. But, you know, um, also, pause, uh, quick content warning. Um, even though these are mini-episodes, they're pretty light, um, at least we thought. Um, there are some discussion of drug use, of sexual assault we're probably going to talk a little bit about, and cheating. So if you need to sit out, that is a-okay. But yeah, I was not ready for that. But yeah, there's a lot of mini-episodes. Oh my gosh, we we really were sitting on this treasure trove for a while. Yeah, so these are going to make up like, um, until we run out of mini-episodes, these are going to make up like, are every other week we'll talk about two mini episodes and then you'll get a full episode about the regular episodes every other week so yeah because we gotta we gotta get through these because i don't know even i was like thinking about it because because i was like yeah the mini episodes like i always knew the mini episodes existed but i realized especially after watching the first one that I didn't really watch these when I was a kid. I didn't really watch these at all. I I don't really know why. I think I found them a bit... I I just kind of... I think, like, in my head, like, trying to think of what, like, baby Donnie thought, I think my logic was that there was no way that they were canonical enough to make me need to see them. So I never put in the time to watch them. Um, and then when I've done my watches and rewatches, like it's been, they've come up as like recommended viewing, but because I feel like, because I never watched them as a teenager, I never really bother watching them when I was an adult rewatching it. So a lot of this stuff is pretty newish to me. I feel like, like there are things that I heard of mostly on like the end forums when we were discussing the episodes themselves, but overall I didn't really watch these. Um, I'm just, how were they shown? Were they just solely online or were they like just shown with regular Nickelodeon programming? So I don't remember. I think what I recall, what I recall is that they were on the end website, but I don't particularly remember. I don't think they, I think they were online. I, if I recall correctly, they were online. And I'm saying this based on memory. I didn't do my research. I should have done my research. I remember them being online. um, Because usually in between Degrassi episodes, like, the N notoriously would put on, like, music videos and stuff. So, like, it would have made sense for them to be put into that spot. But if I recall correctly, they were online. And, like, I don't know. I didn't have great internet. <laughs> I, I was. It was hard to watch videos. Like they, they took forever to load. So I think I just kind of bypassed that. And I, a lot of my internet experience, and and this is a quality that I have even today. I tend to not watch a lot of videos like online. Like nowadays, I I'm much better at like having YouTube up in the corner and like watching videos while I'm doing my work. But like my online experience when I was a teenager was like during the era of live journal and I was very like my experience was so text-based because I was on forums and I was on live journal and I was blogging and I was doing all that stuff that like videos were there 
but I wasn't particularly interested in watching them, if it made much sense. No, that does. Um, I also had shitty internet. Um, well, I yeah. had no, I had no internet at my house, and only internet at my parents' house, or my grandparents' house. Um, but like, do you? But, okay, one last thing before we get into the actual mini episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever think about like your forgotten live journal and Zanga blogs and whatnot? Oh, all the time. I have passwords. I, I have no recollection. So out there somewhere is some kind of like live journal that I have would be horrified to read now. <laughs> oh, I 100% still have access to my live journal. Um, I 100% know everything. Like, I still know what, what the fuck is going on with that stuff. Like, um, it's locked. Like, it's friend locked, as they say. Friends only. Um, but, like, I still have access to my live journal. I still... I haven't really gone through it in recent memory. Um, I... I did a couple years back because, um... I had somebody, somebody I went to high school with passed away and I like went through my old live journal posts about them. Um, but I, I maintained a live journal and I updated nearly every single day from eighth grade through like the first year, my first year of college. So I have, that's a lot. That is impressive. And live journal has an app. Oh boy. It's it's a lot, and, like, I had a lot of fanfic on there, because it's, like, I, that was, like, the primary spot, because it's, like, we're really going off topic, but it is kind of interesting to think about, like, fandom and, like, how fandom history and how it's changed. Um, I was on FF.net for, like, a minute, and I then eventually started, like, I, I jumped fandoms, and the fandom that I was in um really promoted like posting on live journal so i had like a fanfic live journal and i would post stuff on that and it it was just a different world it was a different time it's it's not at all like what fandom is nowadays it's interesting <laughs> you sound, so, sorry i we do need to get into talking about the mini episodes but you sound like you're trying to explain like your time in france as like a secret agent it was a different time a different place <laughs> We were at it, war. <laughs> it was though, because it's like it's like you you would there were communities and the communities you would link your fic to the communities and there were very specific ones like there were general fanfic communities you could join but then there were ones specific to the ships and specific to like certain certain tastes and we can talk about like how live journal fandom is not necessarily better than fandom today but there was definitely like. Uh, it was just formatted very differently. Like, you could like a very specific ship, and you could join a community, and everyone was into that, and like, everyone was posting fic, and and you could easily access it as a collection, as opposed to like, going on LiveJournal, or going on AO3, and, and like, trying to find the specific information, uh, trying to find like, specific information through tags. It was just a different experience. Yeah. All right, um, shall we get into talking about this? Sure. So we're going to take a look at a smattering of episodes. We're going to see how, you know, we're just kind of kind of go through them because they are pretty quick. If you're interested in watching them, they're pretty easy to find on YouTube. Um, just, much search, easier. just search Degrassi Minis and you'll find the playlist. 
Yeah, so, like, you can check them out yourself. Um, they're super easy to digest. Um, but, yeah, so many episodes, um, yeah, they're, they're weird little bites. Um, they're kind of that weird balance. And I guess this is, like, why, I, like I said, I didn't really care for them that much because it's, like, one of those things where it's a type of media that it, it's, it's not... It can't, it can't wreck canon, you know what I mean? Like, it can't entirely reorder canon. Although, there is a pretty wild fucking thing that this first episode in particular insinuates. Um, but I, I just kind of was like, well, it doesn't really matter if I watch this. Which is funny, because I write fanfic. But I think it's also, like, one of those things where it's like, the mini-episodes are what the writers and whoever's creating them want to see, as opposed to, like, fanfic, which is what the fans want to see. So... They're a bit wacky. Um, well, well, for me, this is like these mini episodes are filling in the gaps that fan fiction normally would. Right. They're very much like those. They're a deleted scene style of fanfic. Yeah. They're not used. They're not. Although I think there's a couple mini episodes that are used. Like they're they're very much the deleted scene style of fanfic, where we had like, and I I do think they are trying to address some dynamics that we kind of missed out on in the show itself. So I do respect them for that. Yeah. How they handle it is different. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Shall we talk about Don't You Forget About Me? Yep, parts one and two. Yep, so Don't You Forget About Me is split up into two parts. It opens up in kind of like a cafe type of area. It's, it's the dot. Yeah, but like the settings are like a little off. Like it's like they're the dot, but they're like rearranged a little bit. It's like very, it's like they tried to try to do something a little different. Like, I feel like there's one that was technically a cafe, but I think they just redid the dining hall area. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, um, Ellie is ordering a drink, and Sean, um, Sean calls to her, um, and he's, like, all smiles. This is at the point that, you know, he has left, he went to a Sega, uh, Ellie has moved on and is going about her life. Um, and he approaches her and embraces her and is doing the whole, like, oh, wow, you look so amazing, and Ellie is really not into it. <laughs> she's so into it that even I would be able to get, like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's <laughs> very much shut down. Like, she, she's very much like, hey, and, like, she's pretty clear. She's like, hey, like, I'm not into this. I don't want this. Like, you know, I'm not, like, you know, this. I'm not comfortable with this. And he's sad about it, but he does let go. Um, and he explains why he's back in Toronto. He says that he is meeting with Banks about potentially, like, starting up a bike shop. Um, and they have a discussion about how they've grown up. And Sean is very much of the mindset of, like, look, like, I've grown up. I've gotten better. I've, you know, I've been working on myself this past year. And Ellie is very closed off and is very much like, well, like, yeah, like, that's what fucking happens when you get older. You fucking grow up. Like, she she doesn't really see or value this implied growth that Sean is saying, which is understandable. Because, as we know, that episode in particular was such a fucking shit show where Sean goes up to Wasega and is just like, well, I'm going to stay here, leaving Ellie high and dry with the apartment situation. So, um, Ellie explains that. Um, so, like, Sean is just, like, talking about how he's grown up, how he's trying to avoid trouble, and Ellie is like, okay, that's well and good, but, like, 
a year ago you left me in an apartment that I couldn't pay for. You, you know, you abandoned me, which let's be real. Uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely do like the ship. Like before all the Wasega stuff, like I genuinely do like Sean and Ellie. I don't really know why. I think it was just that idea of just like they understand each other and their brain shit. And I think that there's something really powerful in having a relationship where uh, you have partners that are differently going through mental illness stuff, but understand each other because of the paths and like how they've gone through similar paths. Um, but Ellie brings up that she's been abandoned, which unfortunately I think plays into a lot of her, her, the shit that she's dealt with. Um, and then specifically, you know, is trying to make that clear. And Sean is just like, well, I still care. And then he like fucking leans in for the fucking kiss. Yeah. And like he, they do kiss and they play the, the, they play the Degrassi kissing music and like only a few notes of it or like, no, they actually put like the full measure that they usually play when two people kiss. But I honestly would have enjoyed it more if they played only like two or three notes and there's like a record scratch as Ellie like (laughs) pushes him away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, She pushes him. She's like, Nope. Yeah. And she's like, no, I've moved on. I like somebody else, um, which we all know is Craig, because everybody likes Craig. Um, everybody has a Craig face. Yes. <laughs> I said that, but I'm not really joking. It's like it's like everyone has like a friend in their group of friends who like everyone has kind of had a crush on, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like... Sean asks who it is, Ellie refuses to say, and then she gets her drink and heads out. Um, am I missing anything? No, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, and then oh, Sean, wait, Sean, Sean shredding his plans. Yes, which, who knows if they're actually real or not, because, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, the thing about this is... I feel like, and I feel like this might be why I didn't really like the minisodes that much, was because everyone feels a little more like a more hysterical version of themselves, where it's like, they're not inherently wrong characterizations, but because of, for whatever reason, just the way that it's shorter, and I think that, you know, it is a little goofier in the performance of it. It, it just doesn't quite feel real to me when I was watching them as a viewer, like, as a kid. So, I, I it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Sean, I don't inherently think that Sean's behavior is out of character, but it feels like he's ramped up in a way that is weird, if that makes sense. It's like the fact that he came in and he thought that everything would be okay with Ellie because he assumed Ellie would understand that he was going through trauma. And and so he was a bit of a, you know, a bit weird and forward. That I can believe. But the whole, like, trying to, the, the schematic plan entirely hinging on Ellie wanting him back, that felt just kind of weird and controlling and kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to the mall, I'm guessing, because... You know, there's only like four locations in Degrassi. Right. Um, and uh, well, well, actually, this 
mini episode does do something where it you know it definitely says we are in Toronto. Um, so um, Jay is just hanging around the mall, and this is a theme we're going to see in a fair number of these mini episodes of the sad life of Jay Hogarth. <laughs> yeah, it really is the B sides of Jay's life. Like it feels like. I wonder if that was just uh, a very intentional decision because it feels like a lot of Jay's... Jay just kind of appears and disappears periodically during this time. Like, he's, like, buddies with Spinner, and then he just kind of disappears. And I wonder if this was their way to kind of, like, compensate for that situation. Yeah. Um, so he hears Craig asking for mayonnaise. He, has, he hears Sean asking for mayonnaise on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he's like, "Holy shit, Sean Cameron's back!" And they they have a much more enthusiastic hug. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, Sean is saying, "Oh, I'm, I was back in town, but like things didn't work out, so I'm heading back to uh, Wasega." Um, and Jay's like, "We should like hang out together and like you know do things like the old times where we got like shit faced all the time and." our ladies will come back to us because of that. Cause Alex has broken up with him at this point. Yeah. Um, and like uh, Sean says, Ellie's not coming back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay also asks about like, is he getting any in with Sega? Cause of course that's the main thing Jay cares about. Right. Um, and then, um, whatchamacallit, uh <laughs> oh god um and then jay gets to also starts giving sean shit for leaving yeah but... yeah because like jay jay actually is pretty vulnerable in this moment and i i did kind of appreciate this insight because jay says spinner's gone christian so he stopped talking to him and he also specifically says that, like, all of his other friends are drug dealers and he doesn't even know their names. And I found that line very interesting because I wonder if this was something that, if this was, like, a different team, if this was, like, a different time, would this have been a plot that maybe would have been explored more? This idea of, like, I just found that very fascinating because it I it could be read as two different ways to me or both, right? It could be read one, Jay is an addict and a lot of his relationship dynamics are centered around drugs. Or the other option would be um, you know, he he is just trying to make ends meet and as are, like, you know, a lot of the people, and a lot of the people that he interacts with are also trying to make ends meet, and they're, you know, they're dealing, and that's just kind of the situation that they're all in, and nobody has really time to build rapport, because everyone is working in some capacity in this area. And I would have loved to see that explored more, but I also understand that, like, that would be asking for a very, like, nuanced look at addiction and a very nuanced look in, into, like, drug culture, for lack of better terms, that I just don't think this writing team would have been able to handle. And maybe they knew that for once. Yeah. Um, 
And then they reveal unto us something that I will never forget, but I'm sure that they will forget immediately, is that Jay has a tattoo on his... um, On his tit. On his, okay, on his tit. Titty <laughs> tattoo. He has a titty tattoo. This is Alex, and he kept fucking emphasizing the little titty tattoo on on uh, on Sean, and all you could see was an E. So he was like, "Oh yeah, it's Ellie." And Sean is like going with it. So I paused and I went, "Are you? Do you mean to tell me these two men went to get like titty tattoos together of their like girlfriends' names and like they were just like, hi, yes, we are totally heterosexual and we are going to be getting our girlfriends' names right on our tits and that is what we're doing." And yeah. then, yeah. So I was like, okay, fine, that's what's happening. Uh, and Sean is like going with it, like, yeah, and like it's also really delightful. I love fake tattoos on television because they're always like this, where it's just like they slapped a shit ton of liquid eyeliner on their chest, which is hilarious. So I'm still confused about how if okay, I I do believe your I do believe your theory, but. I'm also confused as to how then does Jay not know that uh, Sean's tattoo actually says Emma, which which is the big was... reveal when when Jay leaves he exposes his chest and it says Emma, and like to no one he just right. is like wait let me remind myself what does my tattoo say oh right it says Emma. I, yeah, right? Like, it causes more questions than answers. I feel like it makes more sense for the two of them to get the tattoo together than the idea of they both separately decided they were going to get tattoos of their partner's names on their tits. Like, that, that confuses me more than the idea of just two bros going to get their girlfriend's ta- names tattooed on them. Two bros getting tattoos five feet apart because they're not gay. Right? Like, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like... <laughs> I I feel like because then then that implies like what that Sean just only showed like was it one of those things where like one of them got it first and like you know like Sean was like well I'm gonna get a tattoo and he just like shows the E and just like it was just like hey but like I it, it really it's really wild and then it's also like one of those things where um I understand that the the mini episodes are supposed to be a little bit absurd. It's supposed to be a little weird. I get that. I'm trying to roll with that. I'm trying. Emphasis on trying. But there's also one of those things where Sean and Emma get back together. She didn't see it? I mean, you can hide a tattoo pretty okay. Like, especially if it's in an area that you're, like, wearing a shirt and stuff. But it's just, like, this feels like something that if you're speaking it into existence, you would probably eventually have to address it in the show. And that seems like a headache. That's what I'm saying. They're going to forget about this almost immediately. Right. Like, the only option really would be forgetting about it, unless you're really going to commit to the idea that your character got their name tattooed. And presumably, Emma doesn't know, right? I I feel like Emma wouldn't know something like this. And also, all things considered, I don't know what... I don't know what the, um... What the... Okay, so... I don't know what the timeline on timeline is on him getting this tattoo. I'm assuming it doesn't say anything about the timeline. It really doesn't. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, 
if him, I, I don't think know if they ever say that him and Ellie were definitively intimate with one another. So that means like she probably doesn't know about the tattoo because if I like was going to be like Ellie was rightfully angry at Sean, but like you don't even have my fucking name on you. You have some other girl's name on you. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, that would have been good, wouldn't it? That would have that would have been a better reveal, I feel like, than the reveal we got. Like that would have been tastier to me. That would have been more dramatic. That would have been more um wild. That would have been like such a shock. Like that would have been really satisfying, I feel like, compared to, to to that. I mean, I was still screaming, so like maybe maybe it did its job and it doesn't really matter because I still was stunned. But unless there's a mini episode in which he's getting laser removal surgery, like laser removal done, like it 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 feels like something that if he and Emma uh, at least have entertained trying to get back together, it would potentially be a barrier or a potential like thing that at least would have to be addressed. I like honestly, if I like if I got back together with somebody in the interim, they got my fucking name tattooed on them. I'd be like, what the fuck? I, yeah, I would kind of find that to be a red flag. Like, not gonna lie, but again, we're overanalyzing it. I know it's supposed to just be like a huh. Which I think is, like, kind of my problem with these episodes is, like, they are supposed to kind of shock you. They are supposed to just kind of be, like, little snippets that you're like, oh, shit, I can't believe that happened. And, like, I understand their role, but I think it's also one of those things where even as a kid, I was kind of a fun sucker with this type of shit. And I would just kind of be like, well, what, how does this actually apply to the whole story? Like, okay, that's that's a reveal, but, like, is this actually going to be brought up in the episodes? Like... I feel like as a viewer, I never really valued the mini episodes, meaning that, so like anytime anything would happen, I would just kind of take it as like, okay, you're just being weird. Um, which is probably why I really didn't watch many of them. Yeah. So, all right. I think we can call it here. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm going to get, uh, I, I actually have to get going because I, I have a tattoo uh, appointment. I'm getting Dahlia's name tattooed on my face. Um, right. right across my cheek. Um, you know, you... As, as her parent, I would have liked the heads up, but you know what? <laughs> She's such a good girl as she's sitting on her little sister right now. <laughs> She's such a good girl. I'm sure she she appreciates your dedication to her cause. So, yeah, I got to go get that taken care of uh, later. Uh, bye. Love strange, so we learn the 